percentage of people back in the office and others exploring their options to work remotely, whether that's at home, a tropical island in Fiji, up in the snowfields or a breakaway on the coast, there is a larger need to keep an eye on your home when you're not at home. Today, we're going to look at security options and what are the latest things people are looking for in security when buying a home. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. More and more agents are looking to make their rental properties look good with our dedicated rental copy service. Imagine leasing your property in less than a week. That's our magic. We bring the right tenants to your door by giving the information quality tenants are looking for. Call us on 59778889 or go to the realcopyright.com.au website to find out more. Michael Hayne is a gold member of the Australian Security Industry Association Limited, executive board member of the Victorian Security Institute, has served two years as Neighbourhood Watch Chairman for the City of Glenara and is a member of the Glenara Council Community Safety Committee. And lastly, is the founder and CEO of Security Heroes, the most accredited expert we could find to talk to us about security for our home. Welcome, Michael. How are you today? Thank you, Sue. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for coming in or coming on to Real Estate Right today. Now, how did you get into security? Well, that's a good question. About 30 years ago, I started a sideline business selling home and contents insurance while professionally consulting in quality management for software development firms. And I started to be noticed. I was, you know, moving outside my professional circle and doing something a little bit different. I then expanded into security and built the largest franchise of the fourth largest home security firm in Australia before I created Security Heroes to prioritise customer care over short-term profit. Wow. Sounds amazing. So you'll have to give us a bit more insight into that later on. But (laughs) now... Getting into the questions, security systems have really evolved over the last sort of five years to be more surveillance systems than alarm systems. You know, gone are the days where we have the back-to-base monitoring, um, where you have the little chub guy drive around in his car to see if, um, you know, somebody's (laughs) accidentally let the dog, you know, some of that still exists, but we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. Yeah, but anyway, now explain to us the levels of security available that buyers are looking for when buying property these days. Well, it's actually a very broad question, Sue. Yes, I know. There's there's mobile phone apps, there's pet immune alarm detectors, there's stay-at-home protection, there's video intercom, there's affordable high-definition infrared cameras. There are major, many major technological improvements over the last few years. So mm. if I can run through those. Yeah, yeah just go one um, by one. Yeah, that'd be great. Everyone now wants to control their alarms and receive notifications on their mobile phones. Yeah. So this is now available on most, even some old alarm systems, by installing a 4G SIM card, basically a mobile phone for your alarm, into the alarm system. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Some people don't use their alarm though because their beloved pets trigger the detectors. Yes. No, no longer a problem. 
there are a, a variety of pet immune detectors that will not trigger unless your pet is over about 40 kilograms or jumps in front of the detector. So optimal placement is very important. Previously, many detectors were in the wrong place as it was the cheapest or easiest place to install them without regard to how your family uses your home. So Today, if it can't be cabled to the best place, then we can consider using wireless detectors. Okay. So in terms of those, like where were people placing their detectors? Wherever the technician found it easier to put. You know, a builder might say, oh, we've sold this person a house with four detectors, yeah. put in four detectors, okay. and they put them in wherever it's easiest to put in. Because they're usually than- one at the front door, one in the main living room. You'd be be surprised. I go sometimes to places where the detectors are all in the wrong place. What you want to do is cover two major things. You want to cover major walkways or or passageways through the house and risk areas and entry and exit zones. So a, a logical placement, and I like to actually go to site and visually see and discuss with the the individual, who, the homeowner, mm. to say, I think a detector here would be much better placement than over there. Yes. Yeah. So, for instance, if you did, you know, in old school ways, would you sort of, hey, say, have four detectors, but maybe you left your back living room um, available for the dogs to play around with and they've got their little doggy door and, and yeah. yeah, so you wouldn't have that particular. Well, you could. You might put a pet-friendly detector where the where the dogs are, are roaming. Yeah. And then normal detectors elsewhere. Okay, yeah. So you're covering all ways. We can pick and choose. Yeah, fair enough. Then we've got perimeter protections. Okay. So these are door and window detectors, Mm. and they were very common in the olden days. Nowadays, we still use them. Where you want to protect yourself or your family while home, so you can lock the front doors and windows and put detectors on them, still be free to move around the house. But we can also zone motion detectors individually. This is particularly useful for double-storey properties, so you can arm downstairs when you're upstairs or separately arm the office or the garage while you're home. Mm. Which is really useful because, you know, we are working from home and we do have that dedicated space. Mm. And um, garages are soft targets, really, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And it's amazing how many intrusions happen at night when someone's home. You know, they might be upstairs asleep Mm. and you didn't have your downstairs arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all good. Then we've got that. Now, audio and video intercom systems are a major advancement. They're now much more than a doorbell. Yes. They can be fully controllable from your mobile phone, mm-hmm. even with a button on your mobile to unlock the front gate or front door. Yeah. I strongly recommend, though, that your listeners avoid the cheap wireless systems that only use the internet. Batteries constantly need to be recharged and replaced, and there is often no indoor station. So the, if the internet drops out or power is lost, nothing works. You've got no no doorbell. The burglars basically can cut your wires for your internet, cut your wires for your power, and guess what? It doesn't matter. Yes, guess what? Yeah. Mm. Cameras go down, yeah. you know, unless you, you put in a UPS, which is an un- uninterruptible power supply, yeah. like a backup battery for your cameras. Yeah. Most alarms have got backup batteries. Intercom systems simply die as soon as it happens. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we provide an AC-powered touchscreen or two for operation at home, so the mobile app is just an extra feature. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Now, I mentioned cameras. Let's look at high-definition cameras because that's where the major advancement has happened over the last few years. It's absolutely incredible. So cameras these days can be set to record 24-7 or only on motion detection. And today's technology provides facial and number plate recognition, infrared night viewing, and it's all at affordable prices. Cameras can also provide video verification if linked to an alarm signal. So the bottom line is always engage a fully licensed security firm or, and technicians mm. to install any security equipment for your own peace of mind. Yeah. Wise advice, that's for sure. Now, now, there were days where people were thinking, like I remember going to a property years ago in Moorabbin and the owners decided to, you know, point out that there was a house across the road with probably about 20 different CCTV cameras pointing in all different directions. It was on a corner block, so it sort of needed to cover yeah. the corner as well. And um, I said, oh, what's going on there? And he's like, oh, I don't know, but there's always cops over there checking things out. And and I do recall even a house in St Kilda I'd be once, and again, it was one of those Victorian terrace things and, and again, there was cameras pointing in two directions and you go, oh, something shady that's going around here. Should we be thinking that anymore or do you think, you know, we've, we're, we're past that? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're not past it. It's just changing direction a little bit. It so is. <laughs> qu- quality camera systems are now affordable yeah. and that's the, that's the basic difference. Mm. CCTV systems used to cost five to $10,000, so only the more affluent suburbs would install them. And in less affluent suburbs, you might get a mix of basic CCTV system and a series of fake dummy cameras. So it makes it look like they've got cameras when they don't have them. Quality camera systems now started around $2,000 fully installed by a professional licensed firm. It's amazingly. How many cameras would you get for that? Would you get one for like at the front, one for at the back? Usually two, three or four. Okay. Once once you go over four cameras, it starts to be a little bit bigger and and the prices would go up. But you can get up to about four cameras for around two to two and a half thousand. And your neighbours might think you're a bit of a drug a drug den or something as well. Well, four usually covers a typical home. Yeah. You've got one at the front yard, one in the backyard, yeah. and two on the sides, yeah. or one in front of the garage, or something yeah. like that. That's all it needs to be. Yeah. So you know, with it being so affordable. Everyone's now thinking about installing CCTV and keep in mind that heightened vigilance is a great deterrent. It is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, some of these lovely thieves and stuff like that, they're not the smartest of them. That's an understatement. The sharpest hole in the box. I've been doing this for over 20 years and and I keep going after burglaries and intrusions, you know, with the police and the insurance companies. And I can't work out what on earth the intruder was thinking when they did X, Y, Z. I can tell you a very, very funny story. It wasn't an intruder thing, but um, I, when I was living in Sandringham, I was living on Bluff Road and one very, very, very quiet Saturday morning at about five o'clock, it got seriously loud like there was something screeching down the middle of the road and it was ear piercing. It was horrible. Anyway, I've, you know, quickly put some clothes on, rushed downstairs to work out what's going on because all of a sudden I saw flashes coming from either side. So the police are obviously onto whatever was going on. And this lovely couple, apparently she was pregnant. He, 
um, was smart apparently, um, decided that they would chain up the parking ticket machine and yank it out of the Sandringham Hospital car park and drag the ticket machine all the way down Bluff Road, borrow chain. Um, Little did they realise that as they were dragging it down the road, all the coins were coming out, (laughs) all the tickets were coming out. And um, then they tried to, like the cops were coming down from Bay Road, the cops were coming up from Beach Road and, you know, cornering them. And so they decided to turn into this little cul-de-sac and then they ended up flipping their van and then they decided to jump out of the van from the side door and open up the boot and try and slam the the ticket machine into the boot so it wasn't so obvious about what they were oh. stealing. <laughs> I would have loved I would have loved a video to see oh, a video of that. It was just hilarious. And we and like there was white tickets down the street for like about six weeks. <laughs> People collecting all the coins. <laughs> Oh, well, they yeah, must have yeah. needed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, who knows what happened to them? But yeah, it was yes. very, very loud. Yes, yes, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All good. The other thing that's sort of becoming a bit more of a trend in homes are keyless entry locks on the front doors, yeah. Um, yeah. or even to open the front gates. What are some of the pros and cons that buyers would need to think about when they? put in um, keyless entry locks? Well, there's a range of things. Using keyless entry, you don't need to take a key out with you again or if you forget your front door key, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yay. Um, You you can give the codes to to various family members. You can change the codes. Um, You can give one code to the cleaner and one code to the babysitter and one code to someone else so that, you you know, if in fact they change, you can can do that sort of stuff. Um, it's great for Airbnbs and, and time guest days so that you can actually set a code in some cases to only work on these days yeah. and, and then it won't work otherwise. You can actually program them sometimes from your mobile phone. Yeah. You can actually have systems that you can set up so you don't even need to go to site yeah. to, to change the code. You can do it on your mobile phone. So it's great. Um, what you've got to be careful of, though, is that there's such a great range of these sorts of things. The only people that actually know how to, which one would suit you and what your circumstances are, yeah. are really a, a very good locksmith. And you don't just need a locksmith who can cut your key. Yes. You need a locksmith who can think outside the square and actually design a system to suit you. It's like we don't sell alarm systems off the shelf. I don't have a stack of, of alarm systems sitting in my garage. Yeah whereby, yeah. oh, I want to flog this to the next customer I see. Yeah. It's not the way it works. I go and tailor, um, resolve a solution to suit them, and then I buy them from the suppliers. Yeah. A good locksmith will do exactly the same. He'll say, oh, I'm familiar with all the different brands, all the different makes and models. Mm. This is the one that I think will suit you. He might show you a brochure and, and tell you how much it costs, and then he says, fine, go ahead and organise that. So my suggestion is you talk to a good qualified locksmith, yes. and we have one of the best yeah. uh, in Melbourne. So if anybody wants a good locksmith, they don't know who to go to, don't just look up the yellow pages. And I say that because no one ever uses the yellow pages <laughs> yeah. these days, I don't think. Yeah. But, but don't just go to whoever your friend suggests. 
come to a good qualified person and I know one. So yeah, um, sounds good. You know, now, happy to help. The only concern I have with those keyless entry locks and also front gates um, is, you know, if there is a power outage, what can you do? Like, There are two ways to set uh, these keyless entries. Yeah. One, one is a safety device where if the power goes off, it's automatically unlocked. Yes. And one is if the power goes off, it's automatically locked. Inside the house, the power goes out. You probably would want it to be locked. And then, but it, I don't know. The, the the good the good ones actually come with battery backups okay. as well. So so it's not okay. a problem. But if you lose power and the battery fails, you're away on holidays yeah. or something. You know, serious happens. Then you can choose which way okay. it goes. Now, I have seen some which do have a, a very spindly-looking key that you just can put underneath and sing it. Yes, there's sometimes a manual yeah. override. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it yeah. can be done. Yeah. There, there are all sorts of options. That's why I'm saying talk to a locksmith and have a think about it and think about what happens if. Yes. And if you think about what happens if, then you can, the locksmith can help you resolve yeah. all your issues. Because I remember when I was living in a... Um, a group of townhouses in Black Rock once, and we had automatic gates at the front, power outage. We were the last one in the block. There was five. It was a long way to the top of the street, but to actually get out of our block, I think we had to physically take the gates off. And that's kind of scary if there was a fire or oh, something going on. And, and that shouldn't be the case. So I actually make the person aware that this is actually illegal. This is a fire exit. Yeah. You actually need to have a free exit door. You need a code to get in or a key to get in, but you need to be able to get out without yes. that. Would you like me to arrange to have that lock changed or that handle mm. changed? So, yeah, and it's it's. I guess you need to have that that peace of mind that that you no, know, you have to think of all circumstances, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now the other concern with some of these keyless entry locks and things like that is the longevity of their use and any software updates. Like I know software updates can be the bane of people's existence, but um, yeah, do they have certain things that we have to consider in that? It, it all depends. If you've got it connected to your mobile yeah. phone, then there's some sort of software that you want to be aware of so that you can maintain that. But there's a lot of keyless entries now that are not on the mobile phone that don't actually use software as such. They're actually just built into the unit itself. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, again, talk to a locksmith and get the one that suits you. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So when buying a home, because we are a bit of a real estate, you know, podcast here, um, what are some of the telltale signs that there may be criminal activity in the street or the area? Oh, it comes and goes. You've got you've got to be careful. Local police and many neighbourhood watch groups now have online up-to-date information. Chatting to your neighbours or potential neighbours if you're in the market is always a good start to, mm-hmm. to have a chat. But, you know, don't just believe everything that you see in the media about um, the reports because it comes and goes and, and the media is often biased or exaggerated. Because they want to sell newspapers or they want to sell a story. They want people to watch. What's actually being told to you is not necessarily what's happening. You want to get the yes. facts straight. And the best is actually go have a chat to your neighbours. Mm. Another good little tip is to go and look at some of the insurance companies have suburb by suburb tallies of, you know, how many 
insurance claims they've had in the last 12 months or whatever and they have a little rating or something like that the insurance companies have that information the police have local police and victoria police have certainly had you know got websites and and crime stats and and neighborhood watch groups have got that it's all readily available but you've got to be careful about reading the raw data how do you interpret that because the raw data sometimes you say well they're criminal activity in this area has reduced but then reduced in what way is it home burglaries is it break-ins is it kids you know pissing on the tires next door um you you know it it all depends on on what's going on yeah yeah fair enough say you put some CCTV cameras in my home um it's a bit of a novelty thing at the start isn't it (laughs) (laughs) it sure is how long does it take for people to basically go from, you know, I need to watch everything that's going on there, out the front of my house to, oh, uh, you know, something weird happened, I should go check on that? Well, it, it all depends on the circumstances. Yeah. In a lot of cases, people are installing cameras because there is serious concerns going on. They've, they've, they've yeah. had some problems that they want to watch and they're watching it literally every day or three times a day. Um, there are other yeah. people who just want to be precautious and say, let's put it in and they'll look at it once a week, whatever the case may be. But yes, over time, it yeah. certainly does reduce. Um, so yeah. we've had, I'll, I'll give you an example from personal experience. We've had our cameras in our home for a few years now. And yes, I used yeah. to look at them daily or weekly or, or all the time. Now I only look at it if there's something of concern. Might be after a chat with a neighbour or to check on our kids if we're away. Or in my case, yeah. to demonstrate to a prospective customer, I'm often get. Yeah. I often pick up the phone out of my mobile, out of my pocket, and show a customer what our home looks like, and and yeah. I can show them what that looks like. So I'm looking at it probably a lot more often than what most people would. Um, you know, yeah. most people would look at it, you know, once or twice a month, if that, unless there was a concern. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually quite good for, for instance, if you're. Um, expecting a parcel delivery and, and the person, you know, drops it off and, and you can sort of prove that maybe they dropped it off in a uh, throwabout way or if they placed it nicely on your front porch. You know. In a lot of cases, people are having um, their rubbish tins moved or interfered with or a parcel delivered or not mm-hmm. delivered or the newspaper's put in the wrong place or something's disappeared. Yeah. And they want to be able to see what's going on. And that usually happens within a day or two of the event occurring. Yeah. And most cameras uh, installed these days will record for up to about 30 days, usually somewhere between two okay. weeks and two months. And it depends on the size of the hard disk. So if you're there yeah. within a couple of days, there's no problem at all. If it's professionally installed, you can look back at the last couple of days. And, if it, and you don't have to look through hours of footage because if, in fact, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I was going to ask that. So, you know, like how long do you sit there to work out when these things well, happen? If, if, in fact, you've got a system like what we installed where we only set it for motion detection, you can actually get it up, get an idea that it happened sometime yesterday. You can see on your mm. screen uh, little lines or dots to show you when there was movement. So you go to those movements and it okay. only records the movement. So you're not, you know, yeah. to look at a whole day might only take you 10 minutes in in four or five times speed motion. You can identify what you're yeah. looking for and, and, and then you've, yeah. you've got it and you make a recording of that 10 seconds or that 15 seconds or that 
35 seconds and then you've got the evidence. Yes. Sounds good. Okay. Very popular at the moment are those ring-style doorbells and CCTV systems. Um, How well do they work? I don't want to pick on any particular brand, Sue, but that's an example of a do-it-yourself purchase that looks great, is marketed brilliantly, but is very limited. And as I said before, be very wary of um, battery-operated internet usage systems that are not hardwired in. The same features are available in properly hardwired systems installed by fully licensed, reputable firms, where whereby you won't have the issues that the um, the battery operator. I won't mention brands, but the battery operated yes. using internet Versions. style things work. They look fantastic. They're marketed brilliantly, but then you know, yes. three or four months after they're installed, something won't work or you've forgotten to update the batteries or recharge the batteries and you're left with nothing. Yeah, I must admit, when I've been to some houses and they've had them in the property for six, 12 months or something like that, they're like, oh, we won't mention that because it doesn't work, you know. <laughs> they think they've saved money, whereas in actual fact they've yeah. wasted the money that they've spent. Yeah, yeah. which is a shame. Yeah. Now, we're going to have a small break. After the break, Michael is going to tell us more about how he can help our listeners with their security needs. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and I'm your host, Sue Langadar, and we are talking to the very informative Michael Hain from Security Heroes about what you need to know about home security. So, Michael, say you have organised an appointment to meet a couple who want to get a security slash surveillance system in their home. What should they look for in you to know that you are trusted? The first thing, Sue, they should ask is to see my security licence. And I know we're on a podcast and you can't see my security licence, but I wear this everywhere I go. It demonstrates that I am licensed by Victoria Police, which is very important. It's illegal to provide security advice or install security equipment without a current licence or registration from Victoria Police. So you should always ask to see their security ID. It verifies that you're dealing with a reputable dealer or a technician who is fully insured and has been verified by local authorities. Because, you know, you get so many lovely people who knock on your front door. They supposedly have a security pass of some sort of who they are. But, yeah, but the fact that yours has got your accreditations and all that stuff and it doesn't look like it's just been printed off the old, (laughs) you know, Epson printer. Well, they've actually got registration numbers and license numbers. I don't know if you can see that. Oops, there you go. Um, You can actually look up the registration license numbers. There's websites. You can actually look up those numbers. You can look up names. You can look up firm. You can look up Michael Hayne. You can look up security heroes. You can look up the firms that that are going to do something for you and see if, in fact, they've actually got a security license. And that's, yeah, so that's really important. Now, when a new buyer settles their home, what security concerns should they have as they are moving into that home? That's a beauty, Sue, because it's really, it's public knowledge following advertising and removalist fans and new occupants not yet settled in. 
possibly not yet secure, there's a greater risk of intrusion. Mm. New white goods and even door furniture is sometimes pinched after delivery before it's even installed in the final stages of construction. Mm. Remember, during the selling process, loads of strangers have had access to your home and combined with your social media, potential intruders have scouted around and are aware of what loot they may bag as you move in. Mm. And very few people are secure the moment they move in. No, they're not. So I would be su- suggesting very strongly one of the first things you should do is get your alarm, get your CCTV, get yourself connected, and then move your property onto property in. Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but I know a lot of styling companies have had trouble with, you know, moving the styling furniture in and within, you know, 24 hours it's all stolen. Yeah. Um and because the neighbours kept seeing removalist trucks all the time, they sort of go, oh, well, it's just they're coming to get their stuff because maybe they didn't pay or whatever. It's like, no, it's completely different people. Right. The neighbours <laughs> see it, but they won't do anything about it because they don't yeah. know and they look genuine. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And there's lots of key boxes or key locks or key saves on properties. Um yeah. I'm not going to give too many ideas away, <laughs> but, you know, keys do get left in, you know, yeah. common places. And, and and there are so many tradies often coming onto a site or doing yeah. stuff. Very often you yeah. can't control how well they relock the key safe afterwards. Mm, I know. Yeah. Yes, we have joys with key safes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now what happens if there is an existing alarm or CCTV system in the home? How can we make it that only we know who has access to that system? Very easy, Sue, and a lot of people don't realise how simple and easy it is. Mm. A simple service to customise PIN codes, confirm functionality that everything is in operational condition, uh, that the backup battery doesn't need replacement. Yes. Uh, new owners may also be able to have apps on their mobile phones, um, you know, as I was saying, by putting in a 4G SIM card. Yeah. Um, and the alarm, and, and, and they can also view the video footage. We can connect their CCTV if they've got that to their mobile phone. Yeah. So, so if you just go to, stories. if you went to Telstra and asked for a 4G SIM card. No, 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 no. You no, don't just need do the that. SIM card. You need the, the module to put it into. Oh, okay. So, so the mobile phone that we put into an alarm system doesn't look like anything like a mobile phone. Okay. The SIM card is similar, yeah. but you can't just buy the SIM card without the module that it goes into. Okay, fair enough. Don't get anyone to do it that isn't a licensed security advisor or technician. Fair enough. Okay. Um, Now, if there is no alarm or CCTV and we feel we need it, how can we get one installed? That's no problem. All you need to do is invite me or or a a licensed security advisor to come and give you an obligation-free assessment so that we can design and install a simple tailored solution to suit your circumstances and budget. And as I said, we don't sell stuff off the shelf. We actually design it to suit what is needed. So what's sort of the average time frame from having that initial consultation with you to actually getting it physically installed? The average is between one and two weeks. We've actually had a system installed the same day I got a phone call. Wow. I got a phone call one day from somebody who was just absolutely, totally 
you know, upset. They'd been burgled the night before. Mm. They couldn't sleep. They, they, you know, that they, they didn't want anything. That they said what they wanted was they wanted their alarm system installed. They wanted cameras installed. And I happened to have a cancellation uh, the previous day yeah. from somebody else. I had technicians available in the area. I, I ordered the product immediately from my supplier, who sent it by Uber to me within two hours. And yeah. that afternoon I had technicians there installing it. But that's yeah. unusual. Don't expect yeah. it there the same day. Yeah. As a, gen- as a general rule, um, I would be on site within a couple of days to actually do an assessment and make a decision with the customer. Okay. I would then place an order and have it within the next two or three days. Mm-hmm. And then I would organise for the technician to install it probably the following week. So between one or two weeks is about average. Okay. But it can be done much faster if it's urgent. Fair enough. Okay. Now, should investors put an alarm or CCTV system on their properties? Now, I know tenants could be concerned if a landlord has access to a CCTV footage. Um, I know some Airbnbs have them just basically to see who's coming and going because obviously the owners aren't readily available to, you know, check trades coming and going or cleaners or guests or whatever, um, but it's a bit of a controversial one, that one, isn't it? it? It's actually very simple. First of all, a good tenant will value the benefits of security and mm-hmm. we can update alarm pin codes and notifications as tenants change. Yeah. Cameras are usually only on the outside of a residential property where yeah. access to footage can be limited to the tenant and or the landlord depending on what their agreements are. And they don't have to worry about it. So only the people who actually have, and we can change passcodes, you know, and, and access at, at, at the change of tenants. So it's really a matter of what does the landlord want? What does the tenant want? What's in their rental agreement? And yeah. let's make them both happy. Yeah. Sounds good. Because, like, you know, for instance, you, you may only want your landlord to have the front camera, but then, you know, you may have a pull out the back. So obviously, you know, you would want to, keep an eye on you know kids playing in the pool or something on the back camera or but you don't want your landlord to see that that's right yeah absolutely so we can we can tailor the solution to suit the individual need and we can change it as tenants change yeah sounds good now we have obviously talked about the uh, the latest and greatest, but you know, are the back to base monitoring system or are they as popular as the CCTV app connected technology, or are we starting to slowly remove ourselves away from that? Six to one, half another, half a dozen of the other. So okay, you you don't want notifications to your phone because of movement in your yard from a camera. I mean, I get people yeah. saying, oh, "I just want the camera to tell me when, in fact, someone comes on the yard." And yeah. the fact is. Then the dogs come on the yard. So to separate the dogs from the humans, you need a better quality camera, which is going to cost you twice as much. Yeah. And do you really want to know that someone's come on your yard or do you really want to know when someone comes into your house? Um, yeah. So you want alarm notifications, but you don't really want to be bothered 23 times a day because of camera notifications of someone or something on your yard. Mm. Most people don't want to be locked into a long-term contract and think that they're paying for on-site attendance. But monitoring is much more than that. Alarm monitoring is immediate telephone communication with a real person who can provide details of signals so that appropriate action is taken with records for insurance or police. 
Signals can also provide confidence and indicate service to prevent malfunction rather than waiting until it's too late. Mm. Uh, And by the way, security heroes don't lock anyone into a long-term contract. There are a lot of companies that will sign you up. Oh, yes, you can have this, but it's a three-year minimum term. No, we don't do any of that. It's by the month without penalty when you want to leave. And most of the people that I have on back-to-base monitoring will only have it when they're overseas or interstate. Sometimes they'll have it on their mobile phone all the times and sometimes back-to-base. We can chop and change. Yeah, sounds good. Like it's nice to have that flexibility as you need it, really. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I guess the bonus of having a security system is that you get a discount on your insurance premium. Well, it's amazing. The insurance companies will always ask you, are your windows key locked? Are yeah. you, you know, do you have deadlocks on your front door? Do you have an alarm system? Do you have CCTV? You tick all the boxes and absolutely nothing changes. And mm-hmm. you think it's just for information for the insurance company, which is what it is. Yeah. All right. But there is one thing that they actually do reward you for, but they don't advertise it so much. If your alarm system is monitored back to base, and I don't just mean on your mobile phone, yeah. actually being seen and recorded by the back-to-base monitoring central station. Yeah. No one knows the cost of intrusion better than the insurance companies. And back-to-base monitoring lowers their risk as it provides evidence uh, that will stand up in court. So most insurance companies pass this benefit on to their customers. So that's why you need back-to-base. Because the insurance companies say it works and they demonstrate that because it saves them money and they'll actually give you a discount. So why can't they value the same with the app base? That's really weird. Because people might have their phones off or people might not get the notifications or they might disregard the signals or maybe they're on the phone and they don't want to be bothered. The fact is you might get the notification, you might not get the notification, there's no evidence of the notification. Where, but how, about, how about the recording that you would have on what, your what recording? Oh, oh, so but you know how you said before you could do two two weeks up to two months of footage would still be there. Oh, we're talking about alarm monitoring, not oh, CCTV monitoring. Would, oh, yeah, so the so CCTV it, would happen. If the alarm. CCTV goes through to the monitoring station, then they'll have that as well. Yeah. And yes, you'll have it. The problem is that the recordings on on your devices. Um, you know, won't necessarily show stuff until after the event. Okay. All right. Yeah. Where is okay, the- so, so yeah, so the back-to-base is more immediate, yeah. whereas you've just got to go, oh, I'm missing my bike out of my garage. I better go check to see the CCTV to see where. Correct. Now, the insurance company may or may not cover that and whether you've got CCTV video footage of it may or may not make a difference, but they're not going to give you a discount off your premium because you've got a CCTV camera. Not that I know of. Not that you know of. Whereas if your alarm system is monitored back to base, then they'll give you a discount. Okay. Fair enough. Because, you know, the other thing that I would probably also question is that sometimes because it is human error and human people you know like just you know we aren't all security buffs um sometimes those things aren't programmed with the right date and time and you'll see like even like you look at dash cam things and it says oh it says you know 2017 but it was actually only last week you know 
and, <laughs> and that's that's exactly why sometimes the CCTV, which can be manipulated, won't always be um, absolutely verified as genuine. Yes. Whereas if it's monitored by a control room, they don't use the timestamp on your equipment. They use the timestamp in the central control room. Yeah, which is more accurate. Well, it, it has to be. Or, they, or they'd lose their grading. Yes, they would. Yeah. Um, now, and lastly, how did you come up with the name Security Heroes? It's obviously something everyone can remember. Oh, thank, thanks, Sue. Yes, I'd like to think so. The big multinational companies are eager to take your money and often fail to provide timely and effective service, relying on their long-term contracts to excuse them for slip-ups and the person you're talking to may be an unlicensed call centre operator. Mm. We at Security Heroes come to the rescue of those in need, often stressed yep. following a burglary, and you're always talking to a local, fully licensed professional. Mm. So we named it Security Heroes because we hold your hand through the process of becoming more secure, and our focus is being to secure your peace of mind. Nice. Now, how many have you got working for you? Oh, I've got about a dozen technicians oh, wow. that are, that yeah. are on the road most of the time. Yeah. I actually engage with three back-to-base monitoring centres, mm-hmm. one in Melbourne, one in Canberra, one in Sydney. We cover the, the whole of the Australian community, although most of our business is the Melbourne metropolitan area. Yeah. And uh, we engage with other security firms on a daily basis. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for all your valuable information on how the trends in security are changing and how our listeners will best benefit from the products on offer. Now, do you have any special offers for Real Estate Right listeners? I sure do, Sue. Thank you. All, all anybody needs to do is let us know that you are a Real Estate Right listener when you call us to book an obligation-free assessment on-site to receive a $200 discount off the price of an alarm or CCTV installation if you go ahead and proceed. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Now, how can our listeners get in contact with you? Oh, very easy. Our website is securityheroes.com.au. Yep. Our phone number is one 800 84 19 or email me at Michael at securityheroes.com.au. Beautiful. Thank you so much. We will have all of your details on our social media and on our show notes. So thank you again, Michael, for coming on. Thank you very much, Sue. It's been absolutely a lovely time and it was lovely to actually meet you face-to-face. Yes, yes, same here. Thank you so much, Michael. Now, next week, we have our very savvy Megan Taylor from Longview Real Estate coming off our episode 144 where we had our case study with Stephanie Hayes we thought it would give you the answers to all Stephanie's concerns about applying for a rental property so Megan's going to give us her no fuss property management guide if you're applying and applying for properties without any luck this is the episode for you so don't miss it Estate Right is produced by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting companies, and is written, hosted, and produced by me, Sue Langader, with the support of my production and social media assistant, Lisa Fisher. 
All information given on this podcast is a guide only and delivered to help you understand the intricacies that can happen in real estate. We recommend that you get professional advice that is designed for your own personal circumstances. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting this podcast, Premium Beat for their music, Francis Morello for his voiceover, and Zoom for the recording. If you have a real estate story that is inspiring or a great how-to tip, please contact Lisa on 5977-889 to find out how you can be a guest on Real Estate Right in 2022. If you would like to know more about our copywriting services, please email Lisa at orders at realcopyright.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters and investors get their real estate right.